So anyone remember when there was a faction of this team's fan base that was opposed to a first-round running back? Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Steelers 16, Ravens 13. I'm coming to you from Baltimore where I'm pretty sure not a soul has stirred since Kenny Pickett rolled to his left, looked around, surveyed the end zone, spontaneously found Najee Harris there. This after Najee had rushed 22 times for 111 hard yards, which pretty much defined this offense. And yes, I'm saying that in a positive way because the nature of a hard-running offense is to get going early, at least show who you are, but then make it all count when it matters most. The Steelers had a field goal drive, a disappointing field goal drive to open the game. But out of all their yards and going the whole way down the field, 50 of them came on the ground. Most of it Najee, some of it Jalen Warren, all of it involving a pretty good, an increasingly pretty good offensive line. But there it was at the end. When the game was there to be decided, Steelers down, four minutes left on the clock. You might think they'd get a little bit antsy about running it because, you know, time isn't exactly on their side. Nope. Run, run, pass, run, pass. And by pass, I'm talking about a 20-yarder to Pat Fryermuth, a 28-yarder to Steven Sims, and then they'd give it back to Najee, and it was more boom, boom, until they got down there. Until they got to the Baltimore 10, they were faced with third and eight, and they were faced with not utilizing Najee, except that Najee really doesn't ever stray very far from Kenny's thoughts. So when Kenny eluded the Baltimore rush, when he got out of there and he went to his left, as we saw him do so often in college, because he's really comfortable throwing across his body. The two of them connected for what was undoubtedly the play of the year for this team a week after the play of the year for this team. Amazing how that works whenever you've got that kind of talent, that kind of ceiling. Oh, and one other thing, that kind of moxie. You know what I'm talking about? That personality. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. I brought this up with Mike Tomlin after the game. Asked him, in in context, in, in reference to Kenny, how strongly he felt as a head coach about Sunday performances, about whether or not having a big finish like that can override, uh, outvalue everything else. This was his response. 
I just think that I just think that we benefited so much from close proximity in the evaluation process. I don't think none of us are are surprised by what he does from an intangible standpoint. And the proximity to him uh, at Pitt really kind of gave us that comfort. I also had independent one-on-one talks with Kenny and Najee after this, mostly to try to get to the bottom of the actual play, to be honest with you, because it wasn't clear at all for whom the play was originally intended to go. And I asked a bunch of the guys on the field, and they didn't know either. Not that they were doing anything wrong or that the play was all messed up or whatever. It's just that plays are given to this quarterback so that he has multiple options. And that's what you want. Even though he's a rookie, he's a smart rookie. So when Kenny dropped back, and by the way, Kenny was the one that laid out the play for me eventually – Deontay Johnson was supposed to be his guy in the back right corner. You'd never guess that from watching replays or watching on TV, right? At which point then Kenny starts having to move. He's looking for George Pickens somewhere across the middle. They're both covered. And to his credit, he just keeps going. And he's aware that Steven Sims is supposed to go to the back left corner, which Sims did. And it might look on some of the views that you've seen of the touchdown, and I'll bet you've watched it a lot that Kenny was actually trying to throw the ball to Sims and Najee just happened to be there. It's not true. It's not true. Kenny confirmed for me that he was, in fact, throwing it to Najee. And, by the way, although Kenny could be seen gesturing to Najee, like, go, 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 as in don't worry about blocking for me, just present a target, Najee never saw it. I checked with him. Never saw it. Didn't even know what I was talking about. And as he'd explained to me, that's just a play that I'm supposed to run. That's a scramble. That's something that we practice. Now, A, let's give credit where due here. That's good coaching to be prepared for that situation. But let's also acknowledge that these are young players who made this spontaneity happen. And the fact that the ball ended up in 22's arms after everything that he'd given the duration of nearly three hours of just boom, boom, boom. I'm not sure I've seen a more fitting finish for this football team in a long time. This, my friends, is how this is supposed to look when you get yourself this kind of running back. It does take a while to get the O-line going. It does take a while, obviously, to adjust to a completely new quarterback. But more than anything, in the year 2022, well, I guess it's now 2023, it takes a while to adjust to the idea that the offense can be built on a running back. But that's what we saw here. No, no, it was not pretty, as Tomlin himself acknowledged. But these, they're kids. They're kids. They're still kids in the football sense. Got it done. And they got it done on a Sunday night. And they got it done in Baltimore against that team. And they did it with, well, remember, the math is still there. They could still turn this into an even bigger ending. When we come back, J1Q.
back. It's time for Just One Question, and that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garvin, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need assistance with workers' comp and medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been designated Super Lawyers, capital S, capital L, for the past 15 years. And yes, that is a real thing. The super lawyer designation is reserved for the top 5% of all attorneys in Pennsylvania. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. And today's J1Q comes from Tom Lansinger, who says, DK, I'm conflicted. On one hand, I despise the Ravens, so I'm thrilled we won. I'm also loving the growth I'm seeing. Kenny Pickett in this group. However, I'm sick of hearing Tomlin's non-losing season nonsense. It means nothing if you do nothing in the playoffs or if you don't even get in the playoffs. Why am I not more pleased with our win? Tom, turn your radio down, my man. And that's all I have to say to you. Turn your radio down, down to the point where it's off. And of course, I'm referring to terrestrial radio, talk show radio. This is Lowest common denominator fodder. That's all this is. I am here to tell you, as a reporter who was in that locker room with these Steelers, that not a soul in there breathed so much as a syllable about Tomlin's streak of whatever. So I don't even know where you would have heard this. Did they discuss it on the broadcast? I wouldn't know if they did because in press boxes we have silent monitors. We don't hear any play-by-play, which is probably why we live happier lives than most. But if you believe, regardless of where it is that you saw, heard, or read this, that these players are playing for Tomlin's... It's not even a streak. I mean, I keep saying this. It's not even a streak. It's it's a non-thing. You yourself said streak of non-losing seasons. What is that? That's not a streak of anything. I also can tell you, and maybe this will mean a whole lot more to you, that this head coach could not care less. I have heard to the contrary that it's something that, you know, he'd like to, you know, keep going, that it's a point of pride or whatever else here. But I've never, never experienced it with my own eyes or ears. What I did experience with my own eyes or ears after this game was a head coach who was beyond giddy. Why? Because his team stayed alive for the playoffs? Eh, Maybe. Because the kiddies were the ones responsible for leading the offense down the field? Eh, I'm sure that was some of it, but you are going to have to take my word for it because I'm not in a position to elaborate that Mike Tomlin was the happiest man in M&T Bank Stadium that the Ravens lost. Okay, let's leave it right there. That's his focus when he comes to this city. It's his singular focus. It's not anything about any kind of streak or string or whatever else. He was beside himself over the fact that the Ravens lost, I'm sure, even more than that the Steelers won. Look, Tom, don't torture yourself, my man. Did you enjoy the game? 
Did you enjoy the finish? Did you enjoy rooting on Kenny and Najee? And how about that offensive line? How about finishing on a Minka pick? How about TJ Watt looking like TJ for the first time in a while, which, by the way, he acknowledged to me in a conversation afterward that that's how he felt like TJ for the first time in a while. Come on, man. They're eight and eight. You know, they're still alive for the playoffs after they were two and six, and they did it by riding the kids. They did it the right way. You're going to upset yourself over the fact that you don't like Tomlin and such and such phrase that comes up. Who cares, man? Who cares? You're a football fan. You're cheering for a football team. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Let's uh, let's do this again tomorrow. Mm-hmm.